0: Hi friend, it's 2020, and let's be real. If you're anything like me, this year is not going the way you planned. It may feel lonely, scary, disappointing, or even overwhelming. But especially in times like these, and no matter what life stage you're currently in, do you find yourself longing for something better, something real? When all else has been stripped away, what matters most? Maybe like me, you wonder about things like restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. And truth, I am on an imperfect journey of pursuing Jesus Christ and what it looks like to find those things in relationship with Him. It's a journey I committed two years ago when I dedicated my life to following Christ. And it's a journey I invite friends to explore with me, even if, and honestly, especially if, you don't know what path you're on. So for those who are skeptical, curious, or just need some encouragement, can I get an amen? <laughs> this podcast is for you. Please come along with me as we journey together towards finding something real. Welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And we're back today to wrap up our conversation with RZIM itinerant speaker, Brandon Cleaver. Brandon, welcome back.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yay. And Tati (laughs) is here from Germany as my special co-host for this episode. I'm excited for you uh, to have a great conversation. And when we left off a couple days ago, Brandon, you had just asked a question for Tati. So let's see where we're at.
1: What what is it about atheism uh, that maybe attracted you to to that worldview or or that perspective?
2: Oh, I've had a lot of uh, conversations about that with Janelle. It's okay. um, I am a science person, and I know that um, a lot of people still doubt that that science goes along very well with Christianity. But I I don't see that, and um, I don't know. My dad is a doctor. And he doubts a lot. He knows a lot about, like, humankind and evolution. And um, I just, to me, that just makes sense. And they're just, um, <laughs> as cool as that might sound, but for me, there has to be no God in order to, like, in order for everything to work and to make sense.
1: I'm sorry. Can you say that last part again? You said there there has to be. You says that there has to be no God for things to make yeah, sense. There has
2: to be no God for things to make sense and to be how they are today.
1: That's interesting because when I look at how things came to be, for example, mm-hmm. um, science. correct me. I know you. You said. I think you said your father's a a scientist. Is that right?
2: He's a doctor, but he. He's a doctor. He reads a lot about science, and he's very involved in that, too.
1: Okay. Yeah, so I guess when I think about science and I think about how um, the world came into existence, uh, the universe, excuse me, came into existence, um, atheism, essentially at the the core of atheism, is this idea of of chance. Um, But then when you look at a lot of the... Particularities of the universe um, that um, I, I don't know. I'm I, I'm I'm pro, I'm one of the more least least uh, scientifically <laughs> astute folks, so I don't know. I don't know all of the the different uh, metrics, but I know that there are a lot of different metrics that uh, that that uh, tell us that if things were even um, slightly changed, that for for instance, there that we wouldn't be able to. Um, breathe uh, on earth, that the oxygen um, wouldn't be, um, you know, available to us. There's a lot of different complexities of the universe like that. Uh, When I look at those things and and I look at it in an atheistic worldview, it seems to me that all of these little designs point to an actual mindful designer versus just by happen chance that all our happenstance that all of these things uh, just came to be what do you kind of think what do you think about that
2: but I, I don't I I get your point but <laughs> I think that if you take your thought a, a step further then God like I God he can't just be there like I I don't I don't see him just like exist. He has to come out of something too, you know. And you said that um, there just had to be something off, and I feel like that's just um, that's just so special about the universe. It's so, it's so like perfect, and there are so many mysteries that still have to be solved. And that I feel like that's what makes life interesting, and and I don't know. And then I, you said that we couldn't live without oxygen, which is right. But if there was no oxygen, we don't know what would be on Earth now. I mean, animals or organisms are very um, ad- adjustable—not adjustable, but like they- yeah. we can adapt. And I feel like that's what has happened in the past billion years, and I think that's that's something very special and great
1: so I, I, I think I see what you're saying you're You're saying that um, essentially um, there are you're acknowledging the fact that, as I would, there are a lot of mysteries there are a lot of things that we still don't know about. Um, but even in that, there are a lot of things we do know. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah there there are certainly a lot of things that we do know, and I think that we can we can continue to say in many different circumstances that, well, maybe this would be a certain way or or, or look at it in, in that perspective. But when we do have evidence for something, I think that we need to look at that. And then we also need to look at the circumstances, um, that, uh, brought certain things about, um, you know, talking about, for example, the, um, you know, what's, what's known as the big bang, of course, or the inception of the, of the universe, where we know through scientific data that there had to be a beginning to the universe. We know that, Uh, It's running out of energy, which means that there had to be a start to the energy. It's not this eternal, perpetual amount of energy uh, that's in the universe, for example. So we know that there had to be a beginning. We know that there had to be an ultimate uh, cause for the universe. And when we think about what that ultimate cause had to look like, it had to be something that's powerful, that's timeless, that's, uh, you know, transcended that had that that had to have a, a mind to actually uh, create something like this um, and essentially that's what we will be referring to when we say God uh, to say that a random um, sort of a, a random collocation of molecules sort of came together and just happened to form the universe it seems to me that that's more of a that's more of a um a leap in a direction that science isn't taking us uh science to me actually points towards the existence of god um, so what what would you have to say about that for instance of, for for example like dealing with the the beginning of the universe
2: um to me, the beginning of the universe and God—that just doesn't have to align. Because if there was one power, why would that have to be God? Because that—that just—I don't know—that doesn't doesn't make sense to me. That there, there had right, there had to be a power that caused the universe to be built, but. I don't, I don't see the connection between God and, and that. And then you said something about, um, evidence and then there is this discussion whether there was create, creationism or evolution. And I'm currently reading, or well, I just started a book, um, it's called A Brief H- History of Humankind and it, it basically talks about, like, e- evolution and how we evolved and, there is a lot of evidence for that but yet there are still like millions of people who don't believe in that so that's what I said there are still mysteries and unsolved um things and I don't know I I don't think there is an actual answer to all of that yet
1: well, I'll say with the uh, with the creationism and evolutionism debate, I, I won't go too far down that rabbit hole. Sorry, uh, Janelle. Janelle, I know we kind of <laughs> took over the, it's okay. the conversation. I'm enjoying. Okay, um, but the create. So, I don't believe in, um, and I, I I believe by tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe when you mention evolution, you're probably referring to macro evolution because there's various types of evolution, yes. but there's micro and macro. Um, So I don't I don't believe that there's um, substantial evidence for macro evolution. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of different theories and stuff like that, but we can maybe have another podcast about that. (laughs) Um, But my point, my point in even bringing that up, though, um, is that even if that were true, I don't think that that denies the existence of God. That has nothing to do, I, I don't think, with whether God exists or not. But the beginning of the universe, I think, does there when you talk about science, the reason that science, the very reason that science uh, is is able to occur is that. Scientists look at things that happen um, on a uh, perpetual basis, Okay, so they're able to um, test things uh, when they occur. When, when they when they occur uh, continuously okay and in an atheistic again universe I don't I don't see how that would follow um, that uh, science would even work and when you look at how scientists look at um, if something is observable or not and we consider the inception of, of the universe um, science again itself point to points to the fact that uh there are all of these reasons to believe that even Stephen Hawking would say that there was a, a beginning to the to the universe but there aren't things um we, we haven't observed we've never observed things just popping into existence right so you you would say that things just don't pop into existence correct mhm
2: correct
1: okay so science uh, science um would definitely uh, uh, make make that a, a point, but when when we look at the beginning of the universe um, again, what would then account for the inception of the universe, if not a creator?
2: Well, then let me rephrase that um mm. I um, if there was um this like beginning and there had to be this power um it does from to me it doesn't have to be the god that you you imagine It like they had well there has to be this power and if you want to think of it as a god like i don't see the connection between the the beginning of the universe and a God that is caring and loving and oversees everybody, everyone, and it, and who still creates everyone in His own image.
1: Well, the connection, the connection that I that I draw is that um, again, there's so the case for Christianity is one that is cumulative and comprehensive, so it has to do with a lot of different aspects of life. Um, Janelle mentioned Alan earlier. I think Alan may have talked about the resurrection and perhaps mm-hmm. evidences for the resurrection or something like that. I think Chan may have talked about uh morality and um, <laughs> how we <laughs> come to, yeah, how we come to uh understand objective morality and uh versus perhaps subjective uh morality. Um so when we look at the case for Christianity, it isn't just one thing, it's it's a uh collection of things. Um that, that attribute to to the, the truth of this and uh, so so when I'm when I'm looking at a God who not only created the world but also cares for it, that's the connection uh, where we go from looking at this abstract idea of of God to a more specific view of uh, of Jesus Christ. Um, and that's when we talk about the gospel itself being that good news, that um, the God, the very same God that created the world, okay, and created all of us, also loves us, knows the the state that we're in, and and came to live amongst us, like I mentioned before, uh, and suffer with us, suffer for us, and, and and these types of things, and ultimately died on the cross for us. So that's the connection that I'm I'm drawing there. There are many different faiths, of course, as, as you uh, probably know, Toddy, that uh, have different uh, conceptions of, of what God looks like. And But when you look at those, you have to, again, assess the evidence for each of those just as we would for anything else and say, does it make sense? Um, I Again, I believe that in assessing uh, many of these religions, many of these worldviews that Christianity makes the most sense of the evidence that we have. First, so let me ask you this about atheism, because uh, there's different types of, of atheists. Um, would you be one that that believes only in materialism, only in the physical?
2: In what way? like?
1: So, um, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Do you mean like in the physical way of like everything making sense, such as emotions? I don't know, like all of this coming together, or what are you? What what are you? Do you mean?
1: Uh, well, so there are atheists, for example, who will say that there's no uh, spiritual. There's there's only the physical. So there's only. Uh, the material things that we um, that, that that we experience in our lives, but there's no spiritual realm. So something like consciousness um, may not be. I'm trying to think about a, a good way to describe it here. Um, well, I, I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth. <laughs> so <laughs> so the reason that I was bringing that up though is because. In in assessing the different types of worldviews that there are, um, many people will say, for example, and you alluded to it a little bit when you said that, you know, I don't believe it necessarily necessarily has, even if there was a God, I don't believe it necessarily has to be the type of God that, you know, perhaps you imagine. Um, And then a question that often comes out of that is, wow, there's literally hundreds of religions around the world. How could you possibly say that this one is the right one? But I, th- I think that although that may seem like a daunting task, every worldview and religion actually boils down to one of three categories. One, you have the worldviews or religions or whatever it may be that uh, perceive only the physical. So that would be something like physical uh, philosophical naturalism. And then you have those who think that the world is comprised really of only the spiritual realm. So that would be some of the Eastern uh, religions. And then you have in the, in the middle, those religions or worldviews that encompass both the physical and the spiritual. And this would be the, um, the uh, Hebraic uh, religions like Judaism, uh, like Christianity and Islam. And I think when we look at all the evidence, it's hard to it's hard to say that uh, the different components of atheism and what it's lacking uh, makes sense of the world that that we apprehend, and the same could be said for the Eastern religions. Um, yeah, so. I don't know, I'm sorry Janelle. I'm, I'm kinda I'm, we could no. we could go we could keep we could keep talking. No, but you know I, I know it's taking this show in a, a whole different direction. And I love to, I, I want to keep talking to Tati, but I feel like I'm taking over.
3: Well, so. no, you know what? I, I think it's really good because yes, there are people who like Tati are skeptics and have a lot of questions about faith. Yeah. But there's also people who listen to this who are people of faith who maybe have never had a conversation like this before. Yeah, yeah. and have not uh, and, and really feel kind of like ill-prepared how do I talk to somebody who has a totally different worldview and how do I do it in a respectful and loving way mm-hmm. and Tati um, I know that you and Brandon are going to come to an agreement right now but um, <laughs> on most of those things but do you feel like it was a respectful and loving conversation?
2: It definitely was and I um, okay. we both respected each other and we respected but still like Um, questioned um, each other's views and I think that that's what makes a conversation a good discussion
3: well and I will say um, Brandon if you know any other people who want to talk about these kind of issues I have heard from Tati that she is you know, locked down and she's happy to co-host some <laughs> of these topics with me. So if we can get some more people, i to talk about it. Uh, she already said she would. So um, I, I do want to say this because as Tati mentioned earlier in the podcast, we have had quite a few conversations that have taken different, and in fact, long road trips, even where we've talked about some of mm-hmm. these things. And I remember uh, because I gave you a book by this author, Tati, um, called Miracles, but uh, Eric Metaxas, He wrote an article in the Wall Street Journal in uh, 2014, and I pulled it up while you guys were talking um, because it went viral about six years ago. And in it, he says, and I'm just going to share this and then maybe ask you a couple um, final questions, Brandon. Um, But Eric said this today. There are more than 200 known parameters necessary for a planet to support life, every single one of which must be perfectly met or the whole thing falls apart. Without a massive planet like Jupiter nearby, whose gravity will draw away asteroids, and a thousand times as many would hit Earth's surface. The odds against life in the universe are simply astonishing. Yet here we are not only existing, but talking about existing. What can account for it? Can every one of those many perimeters have been perfectly met, been perfect by accident? To what point is it fair to admit that science suggests that we cannot be the result of random forces? Doesn't assuming that an intelligence created these perfect conditions require far less faith than believing that a life-sustaining Earth just happened to beat the inconceivable odds to come into being? It's just a little bit. Tachi's been confronted with those words before. I'll leave <laughs> uh, that conversation <laughs> with Brandon. And that, and that's right.
1: what I was I'm kind of a yeah uh, Yes. and and um in grade school um my two least favorite subjects were science and history. So I need to, <laughs> I hate science, <laughs> so but I, I need to, I need to work on that a little bit. But oh, that's no, that's I... what I was trying to allude to um, the, the, the different parameters and I, I wish I had them memorized. I need to memorize a few of them. Uh, it'll, it'll help in some of these conversations for sure. Um, just to, 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 to speak to the uh, specificity of, of some of those parameters. Um oh. But was, but yeah, that's what I was trying to allude to. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, you did touch on it. That's why it triggered that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just wanted to make sure Tati got to hear it again if she wanted to. <laughs> um, I, I know you wanted to. Um, so, Brandon, before I forget, if someone wants to know more about your ministry, where can they find out more about you?
1: Uh, they can go to rzim.org. Um, you can look if if you wanted to see things that I've written or some videos that i've done you can uh, go to the speaker page and you'll see all the rzim speakers speakers there uh there's actually one in germany i'd love to uh hook uh, hook Tati up with <laughs> <laughs> um she's she's wonderful she's she's wonderful we we met at a uh, we had a global um itinerant meeting in hong kong and that was when i met her and uh, we had some great conversations so um But, yeah, you can go there. Uh, You can find me on Facebook at Brandon W. Cleaver, um, on Instagram and and Twitter. And, uh, yeah, or if you have questions or anything like that, you can always email me at brandon.cleaver at rzim.org.
3: Awesome. And uh, two more questions. Brandon, um, just off the top of your head, uh, are there any resources you would suggest for someone listening today? who maybe is curious about faith, uh, maybe a book or something that you've read that has really helped you in your journey?
1: Well, you know, one I think that's real, has, uh was really impactful to me, a colleague of mine, Abdu Murray, he wrote a book uh, called Grand Central Questions, and it looks at um, atheism, it looks at um, Islam and some other religions, and it, it, some of the... the it's called Grant's Central Questions because some of the big questions that we ask of life, he he critiques the answers through each of these worldviews to see uh, which ones make sense. Uh, so that's a good one. Well, a book called Beyond Opinion. Um, Ravi has several articles in that, but it's actually um, a book that has many different essays uh, from RZIM speakers and other speakers. So, that one's really good. It deals with a lot of different questions um, that we uh, that we have. Actually, his book on suffering. He he co-wrote a book with Vince Vitale, Vince Vitale, uh, which was really good. Uh, it's it's just called Why Suffering. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the best apologetics books uh, that I've read actually is from Rebecca McLaughlin. Uh, it's called Confronting Christianity. I read that last year. And the reason I like that is because she gives a lot of data, a lot of statistical information, uh, but she also weaves in scripture and um, you can just feel her compassion um, through through the, the the different topics that, that she's discussing. Uh, so that's also a really good one.
3: That's great. Yeah. Great. Um, Okay, final question. Um, The Finding Something Real podcast is about a journey towards restoration or redemption, eternity, authenticity and love. Of those four gifts that we can find in
1: relationship with Jesus Christ,
3: which of those stand out to you the most right now in your life and why?
1: I think I think love is what comes to mind uh, the most here. And you know, there's an author, Eugene Peterson, um, something that he said really resonated with me. And I actually think that in some ways it has to do with uh, the dialogue that Tadi and I uh, just had. And I'm paraphrasing a bit here. But he talks about, you know, there's this question that um, people have um, often skeptical um, of, of God and they question why God seems hidden. Um, it's called the divine hiddenness of God. Um, but Eugene Peterson, um, he talks about this, and he says that he sometimes marveled that God actually risked his revelation in the uh, ambiguities of language. And he says that you know if, if precision was at the crux of what he wanted to achieve, then he, he could have merely revealed his truth uh, by the means of mathematics. Mm-hmm. But his revelation wasn't just about precision. It was about us having faith in him, having trust in him, and that you can't, and he ultimately concludes with this, and this really struck me. He says, "But but then, of course, you can't say, I love you, in algebra. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Jesus is saying to us. You know, he's given us, I believe, enough evidence, enough truth to believe that he existed, that he is the truth, and that he, like he said, is the way, the truth, and the life. He's given us enough evidence to believe that. Um, the question, but but in in the same breath, um, you see his in his humanity that Jesus wept, that when. When his friend Lazarus died and when he saw the pain and the anguish and the suffering that it caused for Mary and Martha, that his answer wasn't some deeply philosophical, theologically uh, drenched response. His first response was one of lament, was one of weeping. And I think that just shows how much he loves us, how much he cares for us. And of course, the ultimate show of that was on the cross you know a, a, a friend of my a friend my friend um, abdu that i mentioned with his book um, he 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 talks about the cross and the value and i love the way he puts it he says that you know the the value or the worth of something depended upon how much you're willing to actually pay for it jesus christ paid the ultimate price for us on the cross and so that's how we know that we're of immeasurable worth and value because of what he did for us. Um, so the language, the ambiguity of, 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 of language and the way that God conveyed himself may seem um, confounding to some, but the language of I love you is uh, the transcendent message of Jesus Christ. And it's the transcendent message that uh, I believe that we're all looking for particularly in a time where isolation, where despair, where confusion uh, is running amok. Uh, so I hope that uh, we all really take this time to um, learn more about who Jesus is. And uh, if you come out the other end uh, not, um, not believing in him, then that's certainly your choice. Um, but I would certainly take it upon yourself to at least... Um, Take that chance. Um, Jesus Christ is very unique, very unique. He's the only one that um, professed to actually be God Himself. Um, And He's the only one who predicted that He would die and He would rise, and He fulfilled uh, that prediction. Um, So I pray that we would all um, really lean into that and lean into the love that comes uniquely from the very uh, creator of the universe.
3: Very good. Thank you for the reminder, Brandon. Uh, we've really, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. Tati, what did you think?
2: It was very interesting and I think it was a good talk. I'm thankful for it. <laughs> So, I'm thankful thank for
1: it as well. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you for joining Tati and me today. Until next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. If you love this series, or even if you're simply finding it moderately entertaining while living the limbo quarantine life, hey, that works too. Hit subscribe and come back next week when I'll probably be talking with another guest about finding something real in times of detours and disappointments. And if you're on Instagram, please come find me. I share Instagram Live weekly podcast recaps at Janelle underscore M underscore Wood, most every Friday at 1145 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So please join me for questions and fun live awkwardness. (laughs) You can also find some study guides I've created that I hope add joy and encouragement and challenge. To you during this time you can find those on my website at janellewood.com just look for clarity 2020 at the top of the page and now just so you know if you only remember one thing about this podcast i hope that it's this no matter who you are jesus christ loves you and you have a purpose may you truly believe it friend until next time